Good morning, everyone. It is 11.20 here. It is September 9th, and we got a big trade to discuss that went down in the NBA with Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Joining me, my man Gabriel Wilkins. And Gabriel, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? Absolutely, man. You know, it's been a slow offseason for the most part, minus the um, big-time trades involving DeJounte Murray, Rudy Gobert. We pretty much knew where everybody was going to go. You know, the KD saga, you know, kept us entertained for a while, but he stayed put in Brooklyn. But, uh, you know, after getting this news about this big-time trade involving the Spider-Man, um, it got me really looking forward to what this NBA season has uh, yeah. you know, upon us to go because it, it's going to be some exciting basketball. So I'm excited to talk about it. Pleasure to be on with you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure with you, Gabe. And today's episode – course uh, of Hoops Dramas is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sports drink. That's at S-P-R-T-S, capital D-R-N-K. And the sports is also Spell with a capital S. That's a capital S-P-R-T-S, capital D-R-N-K. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. So, Gabe, let me get the trade details here. So, the Cavaliers sent Laurie Marketing, former Chicago Bull, rookie wing, Ochai Agbaji. Did I say that right? Yeah, Baji. Yeah. All right, great. I would love – that'd be an interesting spelling bee one. Anyway <laughs> – Remember, I don't know if you remember this. In that Ballers game, they used to have the spelling bee where you have to try and spell everyone's uh, names, like if they were international. That would be a good one for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, guard Colin Sexton and three unprotected picks and two pick swaps for Donovan Mitchell. And Sexton signed a four-year, $72 million deal with the Jazz as part of that deal. And I got to say, first of all, I'm most happy for Sexton because he's going to get a big chance in Utah now with those two guys gone. And unless, if Mike Conley is not traded – He'll have a very nice mentor there. Yeah, I, I think I think Utah has made it clearly obvious, though, what their intention is, you know, having ship Rudy Gobert and now ship, you know, a guy who we thought would be the face of the franchise long-term in Donovan Mitchell. I, I think we know that they're, at this point, they're going to be selling. And I think we have to expect Michael Conley to be on the move, as well as Bojan Bogdanovic, as well as Jordan Clarkson. But I, I do believe that this is a hell of an opportunity for Colin Sexton to prove himself. There is a guy who, prior to him tearing his meniscus last year and missing time due to injury, prior to um, his rookie deal expiring, has shown some signs of promise in that backcourt besides Darius Garland. Now he's going to be the focal point of an offense, and he's going to have the ball in his hand at a high volume and in a high clip. So, with that being said, he's going to get a chance to really prove himself and showcase what he could truly do out in Salt Lake City. And I'm interested to see what pieces they put around him in the future. I like the pickup of Abachi as well out of Kansas, pairing those two guys together. Abachi's a guy who's a knockdown catch-and-shoot three-point specialist, a guy who's worked on his game with Damian Lillard um, prior to his senior year in Kansas before pulling out a national championship. Like, I, I really I really like that move for Utah, and I like it for him as well. Plus, he got paid. Four-year, $72 million is not a lot, but it's a low bargain deal for the Jazz, and it's a chance for him to bet on himself and prove that, hey, I am that max player that 
I, I thought I was going into this restricted free agency period. You know, I really liked Colin when, you know, before Cleveland really was able to turn it on and, you know, we'll get to that in a bit, but I really saw a lot of potential in him. The guy's one of the best score, one of the best quick, young, undersized guards. And that's the thing, you know, with a guy like him is that he's got to do a little extra because you're six one, but we've always seen guys that small that can be so crafty. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, and he's a very, very quick guy knows how to get to his spots. I mean, before this season, he averaged 24 points a game. I've seen the guy play live many times. I've watched him play the Bulls all the time. He's a great guard who can get you buckets. And that is something that Utah Jazz fans are going to like. And he's also going to be, if he's healthy, you've got him for $18 million for four years. Low risk, high reward. I love that idea. And that's a piece that you can build around because you're going to have him till he's 27. And if he's able to stay healthy, you've got a great piece there. And what I'm thinking is, if you're going to go in that direction, obviously you're going to look for that next wing player that can be that shot creator for you. But you're also going to have a couple of guys in this draft, like a Derek Lively or a Victor Wembanyama, that you can pair for that nice uh, one-two punch at that pick and roll as well. Yeah, and then you you also got to highlight Sexton and his ability to lock up too, defensively. Yes. You know that's really what was his calling card coming out of high school and going into college at Alabama. You know that he can score with the best of them when he when he's healthy. He's a guy that has improved as a three-point shooter during his time in the league as well, operating out the pick and roll. I, I'm really excited to see him out in Utah for sure, even though they will be selling. You know he's going to get a bunch of minutes. He's going to get a chance to shine. And if you really compare the numbers in Sexton's career, like through maybe the first few years compared to Donovan Mitchell, even it's though Donovan tough. Mitchell did come, you know, come up big his rookie year after, you know, starting on the bench, like through the first quarter part of the year, they're kind of similar. They're kind of similar. So you, 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 you have to be excited if you're a Utah Jazz fan and getting a guy like Sexton in the mix with a bocce, a knockdown catch and shooter, alongside of a Lori Marketing, who's still a serviceable catch and shoot guy, pick and pop option a young player that's still trying to grow and find a place in this league. Granted, it's his third team in the last three years, but maybe he can find a home out there where Danny Ainge is seeking to um, reside. Yeah, I mean, so for me, what I'm thinking now is, you know, for the Jazz, I mean, now you got to look forward down the line, but clearly you've got to be thinking – if you're the Jazz, who is that next guy in the draft that you're going to be looking for? Because you are definitely not – I mean, you're going for a top three pick clearly this year. You're going for that now. So the question is, who would be that next guy to fit? I mean, Victor can fit on anybody's team. I don't care who you are. I don't know who's guarding that jumper. I don't know who's going to be able to guard it. Giannis might be able to get a hand in his face, but yeah, I don't know. So at this point, you've got to be thinking, okay, well, we've got Sexton, but where are we going to look next? I think That's we know where they look. I mean, you just brought his name up. Everybody's tanking for him, bro. Everybody. San Antonio didn't just give up to Dante Murray to just give him up. I mean, granted, it wasn't really the best. They didn't really get much of a return. And then they released Danilo Gallinari when they got him in that Spurs and Hawks trade earlier this summer. San Antonio, Utah, and I'll even put Oklahoma City in the mix. 
those are the top three teams that have made it clearly obvious that their agenda is to get Victor Wembanyama and to win the draft lottery. That's what they're playing for next season. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, this is a pretty solid draft class. I mean, you absolutely. Can, so I'm not too worried. But outside of that, I mean, if you're Utah, what do you think would be the best option personally? If you could, well, if you're not able to get Victor, because you only got one Victor. Well, among the prospects in the class, and like you said, you can only get one Victor. You brought up Derek Lively. That's a guy that they can seek to go after. Um. I mean, it, it, it depends. It depends on how the season shapes up as well. You know, granted, you're going into the season if you're the Utah Jazz right now with Hassan Whiteside as your starting center. And I, I think we both know that that's not the guy that they would want long-term to be a part of that core. So with that said, I, I think I take a wait-and-see approach with the draft. This is a team that I want to see on the court first before I make an assessment of what they truly need. I do believe, though, after getting rid of Rudy Gobert, that they're going to seek to evaluate mostly front court talent, preferably a five. But then think about this. They got Walker Kessler in the Rudy Gobert trade out of Auburn. Let's see how he develops. I'm not saying that that's your starting five of the future, Maybe he's your backup five. We know that he can protect the rim, though. We also know that he's a nice finisher in pick-and-roll situations for the most part, If and he has the ability to stretch the floor and knock down the three-point shot. If he can do that consistently, then the sky's the limit for him long-term in the league because he kind of reminds me of Brooke Lopez a little bit. But like I said, I, I prefer to take a wait-and-see approach and see how the board plays out. Because it's a lot of talent in the 2023 draft class. But, um, of course, as we know, they're going after Wimbledon. Now, like you said, a guy like Derek Lively, got to do. Um, he, he could be an option as well. Speaking of a lot of talent, I'd like to move on to Cleveland because we got a really interesting team now. And I'm starting to think – I mean, I'm looking at this team, and I think they're – I mean, on paper, I think they're the second-best team. I mean, I love my Bulls. But this is probably this is the second best team in this division, probably because without Lonzo Ball, they're not going to be able to keep up with them. You need Lonzo when healthy. Lonzo can put them in that. I mean, you're right there with the Bulls. I feel like because they were in first place until everything kind of fell off cliff. But I would say now, I mean, now you've got a mishmash of teams in the East that really can make the Easter Conference Finals. I'm starting to wonder in a year or two, this team could very well be capable of that. I mean, I Jared Allen and Mobley, whether or not you – I mean, they may not be the elite scorers that you might need. Like, you know, you're not going to have an elite score like a Giannis or an MB. They don't have that. But these guys are long. They can protect the rim, and they are going to cause problems in the playoffs. And we've seen Giannis struggle to, you know, shoot at an efficient percentage even against teams like Boston and other teams. I mean, he, we've seen him struggle at times. In the playoffs, and he can be – if you can hold him down, you can beat this Bucks team. To be fair, Middleton was hurt, but you never know now, nowadays. I mean, now they're a year older. You never know what's going to happen. So what do you think, Gabe? Where would you put them now? Well, on paper, as we know, because, you know, the games have yet to be played, I, I think Cleveland has the potential to be a top-five team in the Eastern Conference. 
and I'll tell you why. Defensively, last year, they were already among the top five in defensive efficiency. I believe they finished fifth. In some parts of the year, they were as high as three, if not two, early on in the year. A big part of that was due to Evan Mobley's ability to protect the rim, as well as Jared Allen, a guy who easily, easily could have been an all-star and a guy who I thought was deserving of an all-star nod. I, I really like this team just due to the fact that they know how to fill gaps and cover ground, specifically Allen and Moby. And that's why I don't mind the trade for Donovan Mitchell. You had I, I noticed when the trade went down on Thursday, you had a lot of pushback with people saying, well, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a small guard. Why would you pair him with a, another small guard in Darius Garland? Well, you can do that when you have a back line the way that the Cavaliers do, that can protect the paint, can actually come out on the pick and roll switch and defend a guard and not afraid to get low and get down and dirty with you and make you work for your buckets. So I, I really like the move. And one thing that I like about it is that it's going to allow Donovan Mitchell to play off of the ball a lot more. He won't have to carry the same load that he did in Utah. I don't think a lot of people realize how many double teams this man had to face because he never really had that playmaker besides him that put fear in your heart. Granted, Mike Conley was there, but there were often times when Mike Conley was also hurt and injured and out of the lineup. And as a result, Donovan had to carry an extremely high load. He won't have to do that as much next to Darius Garland, who's a pick and roll savant. And they can take turns off of one another playing off the ball as well. And the thing that's going to be scary is that, you know, we know Donovan is a great defender, but he's going to have even more time. You know, he's going to have more energy now to be able to use his energy on the offensive end because he's not going to have to carry that load. And, you know, Mike Conley, one of the best guards, you know, one of the better guards in the league. And I give him a lot of credit for that. He's been a consistent guard for a long time, but at the same time, very, you know, he's not, I mean, Conley's a good scorer, but is he really going to be the guy that you're going to need in the playoffs? to give you 25, 30 when, you know, Mitchell has an off night. No. So it was Donovan who had to carry the load. And now you've got Darius Garland who can definitely get you that when the time calls for it. And that's going to be huge for him because he knows I've got a safety net as well. Not only in the backcourt, I got a safety net up front. And it kind of reminds me, like you said, with this undersized duo, well, you know, you have two undersized guards, Detroit, the Pistons did okay within the late eighties. They did fine with it. We've seen it work many times where you have two small guards really work. Utah Jazz, late 90s, Hornacek and Stockton. They were very small backcourt, but it worked very well. We've seen it over and over again. Point is, as long as you can work together in a very good manner, it doesn't matter. As long as you got that front court, it doesn't matter. And they're two of the most, two of the best guards in the league. And that is going, I mean, we've seen where it can struggle and where it doesn't translate. But as long as, you know, Egos don't get in the way. I don't see a way where this doesn't really work and they're not able to really make something interesting because especially when you make this a half-court game and it slows down in the playoffs, Cleveland's one of the best teams to be able to slow you down. So this makes them a very tough playoff contender. Very tough matchup in the playoffs. I agree, but we, we got to see them prove it first, though, Josh. That's true. You know, this is the thing that's young. Most of their guys are 24 and under. Donovan is coming in, and he's really the, the vet. He's 26. You know, he's been in the playoffs every year since he's been in the league. 
So he's the one that they're banking on to be the star and, and the centerpiece of the franchise. And this is a three-year experiment because, if I'm not mistaken, Donovan has three more years left on his deal. He can go into free agency around 2026, if I'm not mistaken. So Cleveland has to make sure they play this right. And I, and I will say this about Cleveland. I like Cleveland a lot defensively. I do believe that Cleveland, with a healthy Karis LeVert in the mix, can potentially be a team in the Eastern Conference that no one wants to face in a best-of-seven series. However, they are still thin on the wing, and this is a team that, unlike in Utah, where Donovan was surrounded by knockdown catch-and-shoot three-point specialists, such as Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, even though he was hot and cold in stretches, you know, was capable of hitting catch-and-shoot threes, and Bogdanovich, he doesn't have that luxury here. Dylan Windler is probably like the only guy, but he hasn't really been healthy that much, so we haven't really gotten a chance to see his full game yet. He's the X factor to me in their success, as well as Isaac Okoro. He's a great wing defender, but still leaves a lot to be desired. And I know a lot of the fan base out there in Cleveland would like to see a lot more from him. If they could get him to be a knockdown three-point corner specialist, a three-point, a catch-and-shoot guy, that would be a big deal as well. So they they have to show and they have to prove it, you know, at the, at the end of the day. And no disrespect to Stockton and Hornacek, but this group with Garland and Mitchell is a hell of a lot more explosive. Well, that well, I know that, but that was a comparison. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I would agree. I mean, that I do agree with. You know, we look at this Utah team and people forget this was the one seed. What, last year? What, not even, what, two years ago? This is the one seed. This was a team that mm-hmm. was the one seed two years ago and I believe led the league in not only threes made, but threes attempted. And, I mean, and it worked in the regular season, but then you catch a team like the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul and anything could happen in the playoffs. But I do agree they do have – they don't have any lockdown guys from three-point range, and I think that could hurt them. But I think when you have all those scores and you have that ability to create shots, I think eventually what happens is they'll be a, Mitchell's going to be able to come off screens as well as Darius. And Karras, if he can knock it down, he'll be able to as well if Karras is able to do it. They've got enough guys with talent where I'm not too worried. And Donovan, I mean, if Donovan's able to come off that catch and shoot and Darius is able to hit them, it's going to be huge. To me, they have a nice start at five. But when you're talking about championship aspirations, you got to be deep. You got to be you got to be at least nine or ten deep. And, that and you got to be able to you got to be able to call on guys. And I and I think that's where Kobe Altman comes in, being a general manager. I think now with Donovan in the mix and this young core, guys are going to want to come to Cleveland and, and have an opportunity to play with this group if, if they show improve and get out to a high start that they're capable of, of possessing what it takes to make a run out in the Eastern Conference. I, I will say this, in the Central Division, you have no nights off if you're a guy in the backcourt. Milwaukee, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Here in Chicago, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Indiana, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill. And now in Cleveland, you have Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You won't have no nice off in the Central Division at all. I mean, and we got to remember also, we got a team in Detroit that's coming too. They're not there right. yet, 
but they're going to be a problem too. And I can't wait to see them live too. I can't wait to see them at, at with Jade and Ivy and, 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 um, and Kay Cunningham. So like, I mean, you, you got all these guards, man. Like you, you coming in this central division and you on a, if you a West a Western conference team on the East coast world trip and you playing these guys, you don't have no nights off. And, and it's going to be very fun to watch out here in the Midwest, man, because one thing I will say is, is that every team, even though the Pacers are in the midst of rebuilding, you, you're not going to get no easy nights. No. You know, I, I mean, you can – I mean, there's a lot of good divisions out there, but the Central is really becoming one of the best in the league. I mean, it's getting real interesting now. And I'm excited to see it because I'm interested to see what Indiana can do. I mean, I know they're in a rebuild and, you know, I wish them the best with that. I wish they would trade Miles Turner because I think that he's not going to, you know, if they're going to get win, if they're going after Victor, then I would have traded him because he's a good piece to get. Well, something. that might happen. We just got to stay tuned. I think will at the trade deadline, probably. It, it may happen. Like I always say, the NBA is the greatest reality show on television. You never know what can happen. You know, this deal's always being talked about and discussed. And it's the dog days of the offseason. We, we still – uh, a couple weeks away from the starter training camp, anything can happen. You never know. Uh, so, so you know, you just got you just got to stay tuned on that. But I, I am, I am eager to see this Cavaliers team, though, man. In a lot of ways. And one thing about Donovan that he will bring, he will bring a guy that's experienced in big time situations. He'll bring a guy that you know is, is a big time shot maker, as well as a playmaker and distributor. And I, I really think when I look at this group, they got four all-stars. So from the from a starting five standpoint, they're gonna be solid. And Evan Mobley is only going to get better. He's a very he is only player. going to get better. You know, he had he he has some things in his bag that he hasn't even shown yet, such as the ability to knock down threes, his ability to handle the basketball in an Anthony Davis like way. I, I, I really believe that Evan Mobley is a guy you can contend and compete for a title with at some point in time if you build and put the right pieces around him, which I think Kobe Altman and the Cleveland Cavaliers are seeking to do. All right, Gabe. I'll leave you one final thought. Um, I'll give you this. Where do you think the Cavs finish this year in the East? I know you said top five. Well, give me a record. What do you think? I would say, you know, give me a win, win total, you say. Give me a win total, you think, for the Cavs this year. Hmm. You know, that's 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 tough. I mean, JB Bickerstaff is hell of a coach, guy that could have easily won coach of the year last year. I'ma say, I'ma I'm say as of right now, this is their first year, I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them 48 wins. I was 48 wins. I'm, I'm gonna give them 48 wins. I, I don't wanna say 50. But I, I think 48, I think 48 wins would be good enough for maybe either a fourth or a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's where they're gonna more than likely end up falling. Yeah, I actually I was I was thinking about 47 wins myself. I really think that they, you know, I'm looking at the East and the East is getting, you know, as good as Philly is, as good as Joel Embiid is, we gotta see how well James Harden is still going because, you know, he has taken he is a bit a step slower now, but he's still a great player. Does Philly slide this year? We will see. It's going to be a very interesting 
interesting season. But I want to thank you once again, Gabriel, for coming on. And I want to thank everybody who listens to the pod and have a great rest of your weekend, everybody.